Hey, it's Ari Shafir. You're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Visit us anytime at youtube.com forward slash yuck yucks to watch stand-up comedy clips of some of your favorite comedians. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is going on, my little yuckamaniacs? Uh, welcome to the show. I am your host, Jake Hirsch. It is episode number 51. We've got a great one lined up for you today. I can't believe we had episode 50 last week and we didn't celebrate. We didn't have a big old party. We should have. We, had like a, we should have had a big 50th celebration party. That's a lot of episodes. Uh, you know, I don't know. If you look at some other podcasts, uh, 50 ain't shit. But uh, in this one, it's, you know, that's 50 weeks of interviews, right? That's a, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a very big deal. But maybe 52 is going to be the big one we should have. That's, you know, 50, uh, 52 weeks a year. So uh, maybe the next week we're going to do something special uh, for the show. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to say maybe it will be special. Um, hey, I hope everyone is doing great. And uh, I, I, I have been honored and blessed uh, in this last week. Um, I have recently come on board. Um, the Yuck Yucks family, not just in the capacity, in the capacity of a host on the show, but uh, I am now part of the Yuck Yucks family as far as uh, being a uh, an agent and a talent manager and a producer. And I get to, you know, share all the wonderful uh, skills and attributes and, uh, and, uh, and wealth of, of just absolutely talented and hilarious comedians all across this fine country of ours. So I'm excited to go to work. And, uh, and I've, yes, I've finally, I've crossed over, folks. I have crossed over to the dark side. No, I'm joking. It's not the dark side. It's going to be the good side, the light side, because I finally get to work with all the people that I admire and all the people that I've had on the show, and I'm super excited about it. Um, never thought that I would be in this position, but uh, I am, and I'm, I'm just, I couldn't be happier. I, I think it's absolutely wonderful, and I'm looking forward to uh, meeting with all the comedians that are on the roster and uh, people I get to promote and showcase to and and show the world. Uh, I can't wait. I'm excited about it. I got a ton of emails from people uh, welcoming me aboard the team, and uh, it couldn't have been uh, any more heartwarming to get that uh, from everybody. So thank you very much, and, and thank you, Yuck Yucks, for giving me the opportunity to come to work for you and to show you what I got, baby. That's right. I'm going to show you what I got. We're going we're gonna to kill... Uh, we're not killing anybody actually. Sorry. I didn't mean to say that. You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm rambling today's episode, episode number 51. I'm going to sit down with a good friend of mine, Mr. Brandon Craig. Brandon Craig is a funny, very funny and talented comedian, local comedian here in Calgary. Uh, he was in the uh, 2016 Yuck and Cummers Comedy Amateur Competition. Um, he finished in the finals. Um, unfortunately, he did not get up in the ranking. We talk about that on the show. Uh, it's a very, it's it's a great show. It's a great episode. We get to talk about so much. And uh, I interviewed Brandon. I had him on another show that I did uh, back in the day, another podcast that I did. And I told him at the end of that one, Brandon, I would really like to sit down and interview you one-on-one. I just felt like, you know, there was more to this story than just, you know, hey, how's it going? And talking about, you know, topical uh, topics, right? Just, you know, current events. I wanted to get down to the nitty gritty. And I think we did in this interview. And he came in and in the studio. We spent a good hour together, hanging out, talking, reminiscing. And uh, just, yeah, I mean, just such a great guy, fascinating talent. And and just someone I've seen evolve over the last year as being, um, 
definitely uh, one of my favorites uh, up there. And uh, he's unfortunately, uh, unfortunate for me in a selfish way that he's moving away. Uh, he's going to the UK and uh, he's going to pursue some comedy uh, uh, dreams over there. And uh, we wish him nothing but the best. And I'm going to be sad to see him go, but I'm glad I got to spend some time with him before he left. And this interview is uh, obviously dedicated to Mr. Brandon Craig, one of the funniest, young, talented comedians coming up in Canada. I implore you to, uh, when you have a chance to see his name on the marquee, and you will one day, trust me when I say that, you will see his name up in lights, and uh, he's going to be selling out a theater or, or clubs or whatever the case is. Uh, and I can't wait to say I hung out with Brandon and he's a friend of mine. So uh, without further ado, folks, uh, let's go talk to Brandon Craig. But before I do that, a couple of announcements. Uh, check out, uh, of course, uh, yuckyucks.com for all your local listings on shows. Uh, I know I'm running the Cochrane Comedy Festival this year. Uh, tickets are up online, yuckyucks.com. Click on Cochrane on the left-hand side. And, of course, uh, check out uh, the event dates there, July 22nd, 23rd, 24th. And, of course, check out yuckyucks.com for all like I said, your local listings, great shows uh, coming up. And uh, every weekend, there's something amazing happening at Yucks. Check them out, yuckx.com. Let's go talk to Mr. Brandon Craig. You know what? I think what it is is that there's some weird intrinsic feeling that if somebody gets something faster than you, yeah, you feel like they're taking it away from you, or that that's an opportunity or an option that they that it could have been yours or something like that. It's, I don't know. It's a weird thing. But if it could have been yours, you could have taken it, right? You know what you I mean? Could, yeah. yeah, like. Yeah, it's, but it's so funny because I heard like a podcast with uh, uh, I think it was Joe Rogan and Mark Marin or something like that, and Rogan was talking about this. Uh, that he was only in comedy for a short time before he got the news radio gig or something like that. Like right. The, the TV show. And everybody was like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? And, you know, Rogan got the fucking, you know, who's this guy? You know, he's never, he's been in comedy for like five years and he's, you know, got a show or whatever. But it's funny. It's like sometimes it's, uh, you've got, you know, you're good at what you do and you just happen to be at the right place at the right time or the right opportunity presents itself to you and you fucking take it. And people get upset about that. Well, yeah, and it's it's the luck thing too, and um, Calgary I find is really it, it's really bad for this because uh, just because of where we are, sure, there aren't as many things being thrown down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, people will just kind of be like, "Oh, why not me? Why hasn't right. anybody noticed me?" Right in Calgary. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> have you felt that like in, in the local, cause you, you, you've been, you've been like a local guy for a long, like how long have you been doing comedy for? Like, you know, just two and a half years, man. That's it. Yep. Yep. Dude, the transition I saw from one year ago to where you are today, it seems like day and night. Well, it's, you know, I think it's just grinding. Cause that's that, a that, Yeah. Like it's just going out every night and, and just hammering on it or what? Yeah. Like I do, you know, it's tough to do here, but I do comedy. Like maybe I shoot for five nights a week and then Holy sometimes shit. I get better than that. But wow. well, yeah. And it's like five nights a week, man. Well, you gotta though. Cause like, that's a thing. Like I, that back to that, uh, you know, Joe Rogan getting sure. success early on. I didn't have that. Like I was okay early on, but there was like a lot of like shaky ground. Right. So it really instilled into me this sense that like, oh, I'm shitty. 
So I have to work really hard to get better. Right. right, right. And then it seems to have worked. And I'm hoping, yeah. but, but I like having that feeling in me too because it keeps pushing me. So I think no matter how good I get, I'll be like, oh, I'm a piece never. of crap and <laughs> I'll never amount I've to nothing. <laughs> I've noticed a lot of people have that though. Like it's very self-defeating, but uh, they use it as kind of a springboard to motivate and inspire themselves to, to say, yeah. I want to get to that next level. And in order for me to do that, I've almost got to beat my own ass to get there. Yeah, because otherwise you're resting on your laurels. And what if you right. don't have any laurels? Then right. you're just, to rest on. You're just yeah. dead, I think. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, man. So, so who was on the scene? Like, I guess two and a half years ago. Like, when you first started out, who were you hanging out with? Like, are you hanging out with the same people now as you were when when you first started? Yeah, like I, I think about like when you start comedy, it's like you, you're like born into a litter of puppies, and right. then there's like all, all your little uh, friends that started about the same time. But it yeah. was like me, uh, Brittany Lysing, Amy Bug, Ben Cannon, Austin Lonneberg, Amy right. Edgar. Um, I think everyone else was like a little bit either above me at that point. Right, but, right. You know, that's an interesting group, man. Because they're yeah. all everybody seems like they're all still really kind of close, tight friends still. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I don't know the the inside intricacies of, of relationships there, but but everybody, as far as I know, everybody seems like everyone's still very supportive of each other and, and very close. Well, Calgary is special in that, whereas it is a very, uh, I think it's a collaborative community. Mm-hmm. Like we are pretty tight with one another and there's yeah. not like a huge amount of drama. Now, now, but you see a lot of the young, kind of like even the next wave of, of younger comedians coming up. Which right? I love seeing, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I That I, makes I, me so happy. Yeah, because it's a, it's an interesting thing, like how it all evolves. And, and I mean, now you've got the younger guys, the, the Matt Foster and the Bobby Warners and the and the – and the Brett Forte, like all those guys who were just starting, yeah, li- like literally just starting, like a year in. And uh, what is that like, though? Because like I noticed, like you know, and especially, and I know we're going to touch on this, but the, like the comedy competition that that you know we were all involved yeah. in, and that was my first time ever doing a comedy competition. I don't, I didn't know how it all worked. I guess when you know I first got into it. Um, for me, it was like, oh, great. I just get to go and hang out on Tuesday nights and drink a couple of beers and hang out <laughs> with my buddies, right? And uh, I, don't, I, I don't like the politics of competitions because I'm very much in, in, in line with like Lori Gibbs is that uh, we're, judging, we're judging talent. Um, but the point I guess I'm trying to make is that during that competition, when I mm-hmm. announced certain winners uh, during the rounds and stuff, I could like physically see people leaving the fucking room like they were pissed oh like uh like other comics correct yeah 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 so i see people like visibly upset and like and to me i'm like ah fuck who cares like where everyone's up having a good time and drinking beers and you know but to people who have been grinding this out for a few years or five years or whatever to Mm -hmm. see somebody move forward either whether it be on an audience vote um, you know, maybe didn't get passed on their own merits uh, or their own skill level. And I'm going to go ahead and say that because it's, it's the truth. I mean, we have an audience vote uh, yeah. in the early rounds. But, right? but I, I, you know, that's the thing. I, I did a bit in that comp, as you know, mm-hmm. that kind of ripped on uh, the idea of an audience vote. And then I also just made fun of two of the judges because they were fucking radio DJs of all things. <laughs> because... <laughs> When you when you want to judge a comedy competition, radio DJ is somehow a good thing that to have on your to be resume. The common thing though, it's Everybody, so bizarre. A lot of competitions have like the local radio guy. But I don't understand. You know, I've, I've talked this thing to death. Uh, right. But but I what the idea that keeps coming up is we don't understand why. Because the thing 
I guess, is that it's supposed to be like radio plugs, right? Like right. they talk about it on the radio and then the radio brings people in. But sure. I mean, I don't, you know, you guys had that place uh, sold out on that final night. And right. I don't think it was radio, man. I think it was just a bunch of people, like a bunch of these newbies being passionate about the comedy and sure. then bringing their friends and family and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah Which yeah. is why I actually, you know, I complain about the audience vote, but I also like the audience vote because I like. <sighs> If it was up to me to bring people into a room, <laughs> forget it. There'd just there'd be like three crickets, and and I, I mean, like, like, there, there, like there, there's a business part of that that I get. Like I get, you know, that clubs like the way, and it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around the method to the madness around comedy competitions and yeah. audience votes stuff like that because it is a very weird dynamic, and, and I think part of that is is that there's. The expectation of of trying to present and showcase comedians, and there's other business aspect of it, where clubs are doing what they're trying to do, which is pack it for food and drink and get people in there. And, and you have to, you because have otherwise to. there's no one to perform for. Right. So my frame of thinking is very much like when I thought of like uh, when I heard Kevin Hart do an interview one time. You know, I think uh, the interviewer said, uh, "How did you feel about going into clubs and not getting paid a lot of money or doing?" stuff for basically free mm-hmm. and the club is, you know, bringing people in for food and drink. And, and I think part of that whole thing is like, you know what? Comics use rooms just as much as rooms use comics. I mean, we're able, comedians are able to go in there and if they want to steal the crowd, they can take the crowd home with them and say, you know what? Now you're a fan for life. Now I've got you. Now you're going to be loyal to me because you saw me and you're going to want to follow me. Next, right. Check right? me out on Twitter, Check, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. You kind of, you're able to kind of say like, okay, fuck, if you like what you saw tonight, you know, be engaged in what I'm doing next and come see me here, come see me there or whatever, or follow me on social media, you know, whatever the case is. And the club is using you because they're like, well, fuck, we want to get people in and, and sell food and drink. And, and that's the business model. But at the same time, I like, um, my favorite type of club, and I think uh, Yucks Calgary does this really, really well, right. better than other clubs in the city, is um, they really care about also developing the scene. To Absolutely. them, it's not just all about you know getting people for the food and drink. They also like recognize, just like we're saying, that it's yeah. a symbiotic relationship, and they need the next generation to come up, or you know they're going to be <sighs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's an, that's so that's so so true. Like uh, knowing the people behind the scenes, people like Angie and Scott and yeah. Jim, and like the owners of like that. Like, there's a real there's a real interest to see people succeed, and I like that. I like that they care about you know who's on stage and what's going on and all that type of stuff and and developing talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, you did. You did make a couple of cracks towards some judges. <laughs> and I, you know, I you took say, a real risk, right? But I, that's but and, but the audience fucking loved it, right? Everybody loved it. Yeah, that was a lightning set, man. That was. was I, I don't think I've seen a better one yet. Ah, yeah. No, seriously, man. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not. I got no reason to kiss your ass other than that we're friends. But but uh, just to see you, like I said, get from where you were last year. Not that last year was bad, but this year just seems. Fucking a thousand, like the confidence, and you know what it was. I think somebody came up and asked me after the show. They were like, uh, "Dude, like Brandon Gray just fucking killed it." And I was like, "You know what it is?" Is I looked up at stage <laughs> and I was like, "I don't think he gives a fuck, like about oh, anything." God, you know what? That's entirely it. Is that you just like kind of let go and just say fuck it, like whatever. Ha- I'm just gonna have fun with this. Well, more like for yeah, for the competition, I didn't care, but also like I'm moving to London, so like. 
all of this. I don't care about it anymore. And it's it's invigorating. Is that, is that like a liberating feeling to, to kind of just be like, you know what? I've already got my plan set and this doesn't really matter anymore. So, yes, because yeah. all all the bitterness and all the need and all the all the all the just oh, why not me? It's just like whatever. Like I'm I don't care. I'm out. Right. It's great. Yeah. And um, did that shift happen when you made up your mind to say I'm gonna move? I would say so, yeah. Because yeah. it it just um yeah, all the things that used to bug me about the scene just stop bothering me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm very much like that. Like, I uh, I know even my job. I quit my job because, you know, I'm leaving the country. And, right. uh, God, that last couple of months, I don't think I was very good at that job. Because <laughs> <laughs> you stop giving man. a shit. And yeah, you're just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm like, I started showing up in sweatpants, fucking two hours late. Oh, yeah, nobody gives a fuck anymore. No, that's a beautiful thing, though, man. Because maybe that's what you needed to get to that next level, man. Like, maybe you just needed to say, you know what? I don't, this doesn't really matter to me on that level anymore. Like, I'm not trying to kill myself, trying to prove myself locally here anymore. Yeah. Because there's bigger horizons. Plus, I also, I think I also just discovered I, I really love talking shit. And I yeah. don't think I ever did until, like, yeah. I just decided, meh, whatever. The whole, the whole thing kind of shifted for you. And, and it yeah. was an interesting uh, thing. Uh, and of course I had you pegged, uh, you know, as definitely being the, the, the top one percentile to win the competition. Aww, yeah. And I think a lot of people did man. <laughs> after they saw the first set that you did. Yeah. And then you came back and, uh, you know, you killed it again and then you killed it again. And, and I was just like, holy shit. Uh, it, it, there's some, it, but yeah, I mean, you did, you, you took a risk. You went up there and you, and you talked about stuff that, uh, maybe other people were afraid to say, or just yeah. weren't, you know, weren't, uh, or were too, you know, paranoid about losing the competition. Uh, and what have, what do you think as far as, and I know it doesn't, it doesn't matter to you on the whole and, you know, anymore or whatever, but, um, there was a lot of people that felt like you did not get a fair shot at the top three and, and. I just yeah. want, I'm interested to find out what your thoughts are on that. Well, this is the thing. I don't know how much we want to get into this, but I I I got really 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 mad right afterwards. Right. And um I started digging around and I ended up like facebooking messaging like all the judges and like figuring out kind of like what I got right. and I got pretty high scores from uh four of them and then one of them I did not, and I I got it narrowed down to the person, and I like right. I wasn't friends with that person on Facebook, so I added them on Facebook, and I was like, I'm gonna message this fuck. You know the crazy thing too is that like it's it's so trivial, like and and and, and my brain, like I was just losing it because I felt like there had been an injustice done to me, sure. and I had been you know. I just recently went through this phase where I was watching all these journalist movies like Spotlight and like right. all the president's men. So I was like, hey, if you follow the money, I'm going to figure out who <laughs> fucked me. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, how, did that, how did that work out? Did, did you I didn't up, go through with it. You didn't end I got up. right up to the cusp. And then uh, Lori Gibbs gave me very good advice mm-hmm. about just, just not letting uh, that bitterness poison you. Right. Yeah, there are a few people. I can't just give it all to Lori. Like, Lori, pretty much everyone I talked to that was not me was right. like, Brandon, settle down. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, shit. And I was like, this goes all the way to the White House. Why aren't you guys caring about No, it's just a Yuck's comedy competition. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck, that kills me, man. And one thing, too, we should mention, too, that uh, Brett Forte won. 
Yes. And I, you know what? I think I got fucked, but I also have no objections with Brett Winnie because I think he had a very good set. Yeah. And I like him. Yeah. And he's a good comedian. Yeah. So I just, uh, Brett, if you're listening, I don't don't feel bad. You're perfect. Yeah. No. Okay. No. And and, I, and 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 I don't think it's necessarily even a situation where and you know anybody felt that he was, uh, like. Because what happened to you it became less of him or something. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it didn't. It wasn't a reflection on on his set. His set was completely separate, and he got his own marks. He got his own judges' scores or whatever. But like I said, there was a lot of people who felt like you should have gotten to that top three uh, or one. And, yeah, and and, uh, and that you know somehow that that you know because of what you said that you got <laughs> tanked, right? Yeah. That you ended up somebody took offense to it. Uh, maybe, you know, a couple of the, the judges took offense to it. Um, and what a lot of people don't understand is that they think that, you know, people kind of go in the back room and they count votes or they do, you know, they look at all this paperwork and you're like, oh, shit, so-and-so did. Everything's anonymous. So you yeah. don't know who scored what. Uh, I think you can kind of, like you said, kind of narrow down in, in your Probably mind. Probably to one of two radio one DJs. Of- <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, did, but did, a lot of people were like, "Well, I didn't expect for them to be sensitive about that stuff." Well, and it's weird too because I didn't either because I thought it, I thought it went over really well. Yeah, and then the other thing too, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'm dumb. Maybe um, it was like just weird math or something. Like sure. maybe you know somebody made a typo or went to right. the wrong. You never sure. know. You never yeah. know what the fuck happened. But yeah, at, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And I love doing comedy, and I'm just glad. Just yeah. doing it. And you yeah. know what's cool about that night, too? I had a great set. Best set of my life so far. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. Fuck it. That's great. That was, yeah. If that's what it, if that's what came out of it, then it's worth it. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely, man. So so let's talk a bit about uh, what's the plan here, man? You're moving uh, overseas, and you're going to uh, you're going to England. London, England. London, England. Yeah. What's the what's the draw? What's the connection there? How did you pinpoint that? that place i i think the i i think angie uh who uh owns the yucks club mm-hmm. uh gave it to me just offhand like years ago because she was right. talking about how it's a thing that canadian comics do because canadian comedy just has this like i'm sure you've heard about it, this this ceiling where you can get to a certain point and then sure. you just sort of struggle along until the fire leaves your body right. and you're a withered husk right i think that's how it works <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, actually. I think I've interviewed a couple of weathered husks on this show before. Uh, but no, I think you're right. I think you're 100% right, man. Like, you know, and we've talked about this on this on this show before about there being a ceiling. And it's, it's funny because you're one of the first ones to actually bring it up before I do. Yeah. Um, and, and we can actually talk about that before we get uh, we, we jump over to uh, England. But but there is there is a ceiling in Canada. And uh, whether it be a glass one or not, who knows? But at the same time, uh, I think in order for people to evolve to that next level, it's either like something's going to happen for you mm-hmm. or it's not. And if it's not happening for you by the time you hit that ceiling in Canada, you're either going to stay here and kind of just keep doing the same rotation, the same road gigs, the same opportunities, uh, or you're going to have to create some new ones for yourself. Yeah. And I think part of that for you is probably saying, well, well shit, I got to start creating some opportunities for myself. And let's be very clear. I am nowhere near the ceiling. Like right, I've right. only been doing this for a handful of years. Sure. So like, but I don't know. I'm also, I'm also, I started late in this. So I'm like 30 now and I'm just kind of freaking out and I just, you know, I just felt like I had to make a move into a bigger place. Right. And I was thinking Van, I was thinking Toronto, and then, uh, yeah, also Breslin put it in my brain, too. When he came and did a talk, he was mm-hmm. like, L.A., 
New York, London. Those are the big right. comedy cities. And I was like, well, I can't go to LA or New York because you're fucked with passports. But sure. you can go to London pretty easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna so go. Do you just... have people there that you know? Is yeah. that is it like a land? Is kind of a safe landing for you there? Or? Not especially. I know uh, Simon King and Allison June Smith, both of whom I've been too shy to ask for a place to stay when I land. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, I know you listen to this show. We got Brandon here. We need a, we need a place to stay. No, no it's okay. I, I got to cover. But also, thank you, both of you, for all the help that you've given me. I, thank you. Um, but uh, but because, no, well, I, had, I, mean, I went out to Kelly like a very. It, it's it's. I mean, let's 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 face it. Like when I hear about England, I hear about soccer. Fish and chips, great party town, Piccadilly Circus, Piccadilly Circus, Big Ben, Big Ben, <laughs> uh, and fucking expensive, Scotland Yard, and expensive, like everything's expensive over there. Yeah, yeah. Does that worry you at all? No, because um, I, I, I never, I can't like not have a job. I really need something to do during the day. Right. So I've been working and saving money. I got a bit of a nest egg. Right. And then also, I got a work visa, so I'm just gonna do the same shit I did here. I'm like gonna get a day job and do comedy. Right. right. And then I figure once I enter the economy, yeah. I'm part of the economy. Exactly. And then that's what I know your... about the economy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way. That's a, that's a good attitude to have, man. Because. Uh, uh, you are stepping into you know foreign territory, so to speak, and, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to kind of get to know your way around and know people in the in the scene and stuff like that. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple of comics that you, you know, like people like Allison June Smith. I'm sure he's got a pretty good stronghold on what the local, you know, like what the local scene is like and where to yeah. go and all that type of stuff. And, and I'm sure Simon's a very knowledgeable guy. Um, so like is so that so that's kind of the the plan is to kind of land kind of get get your feet wet get a job and and just start start busting it out. Exactly. I just want to I'm like basically I land figure out a place to live all that kind of life crap bank right. accounts cell phones blah 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 blah. Sure. And then um I want to take like a month or two and just sort of like get comfortable because mm-hmm. i found that i went to toronto in march for the whole month of march and um what was that like for you you know it was really fun yeah it was it was a lot like summer camp because of the for the first like few weeks i was like oh i don't know and then by the end i was like i never want to leave here <laughs> <laughs> that's totally like summer camp yeah I'm sitting on the bus going i don't fucking know anybody this is weird i just want to go home and then uh, yeah a month later you're like fuck i never want to go this yeah is it. i want to hang out with my friends forever and specifically with the friends too because that's the thing about comedy is i i like just you know being with the people that i love and shows every night of the week and just you know you just you feel comfortable you feel social you feel great right and uh when you're in a new place that shifts and then that also shifts your comedy because all of a sudden you're not as confident anymore you're not as you know it just shakes you yeah so so yeah so because of that i basically want to take a couple months in london Kind of just figure stuff out, and then I want to showcase and hopefully just start doing things. But it's all so very vague. I don't, I don't that, really know. How, how has that impact been on you know stuff like friends and family, relationships, stuff like that? How does uh, that play out? Leaving or yeah, doing... yeah, just picking up and going. Well, this is the thing. I uh, I'm I've been dating a guy for like we had like a break in between, but it's been I think like maybe two years now. We've been dating for a long time, right? And I love him a lot. Mm-hmm. I really, 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 really love this guy. And, you know, after we had broken up the first time, I, I basically convinced him to dump this other guy that he was dating and come back with me. Right. And the pitch was like, 
like, ah, uh, you know what? I'm I'm in. I'm going to stick around Calgary with you. Right. And you know what? I'll make comedy work here and all this sort of stuff. Sure. And and then I, I just I became so crestfallen. Mm-hmm. Like I just I don't know. Calgary to me seems like a bit of a trap. I know some people can make it and stuff like that, but it just seems like you're really restricting what you can do. Right. And I just, this is all I want to do. And I'm, you know, late in life. So I really want to just make the jump. Well, yeah, I just don't want to dick around because I'm running out of dicking around years. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not a lot of them left. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm 41 and I'm still dicking around. (laughs) What's that? I'm 41 and I'm still dicking around. But, uh, but no, that's a good point, man. Because in that, I think that, um, I think that not only inspires and motivates, but it also, uh, it's, I think that's a, that's a like probably a very responsible thing to do, and and to say like listen, if I'm going to take this serious and I'm going to really make a go out of it, like I'm going to do every I'm going to exhaust every resource I can and every opportunity I can to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, why would it's a very you? brave brave thing to do though, man? It's very courageous. but it's also it's motivated out of fear. Let's not forget, like that's sure. I'm just I'm. But aren't most uh, great great things motivated out of fear? Right? Yeah, yeah. The Berlin Wall. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a that's a that's a good analogy. I wasn't I wasn't thinking of the Berlin Wall when I thought of that, but that's a very good analogy, though. But no, it's it's so it's so true. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a, it's a very courageous thing to do, and I think if anything, it will probably inspire a lot of people, uh, your peers and stuff like that, to say, "Well, fuck, like, yeah, if I'm because because it is very easy to get caught in that in that trap of of saying, uh, you know what, I'm only going to be." familiar with the places that are within walking distance or the places that are within reach in, in the city for me. And I'm going to make myself feel uncomfortable by moving to a new place yeah. and challenging myself to see if I can get to that next level. I mean, it might, it might be something cause I can see it kind of going for like myself. Uh, you know, uh, I think when I was younger, well, I wanted to be an actor. And so I was right. like, Oh shit, you know, like I'm going to give this a shot. And either I get my ass kicked, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe. Wait, did this actually happen, or you hypothetically? It did happen. Really? Okay. it did happen. What Um, happened? And it was funny, because my roommate at the time, (laughs) we lost touch. He moved to L.A. and all this stuff, and, and, uh, you know, we lost touch over the years. And it was funny, because years later, I was, like, laying in bed with my my now ex-wife, and we're watching a movie, and I see him on the movie. And I'm like, I fucking think I know that guy. I think he's my roommate. (laughs) And she was like... Was that the guy that you were like, oh, he's going to make it? And I don't know if I ever will. I'm like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> he fucking made it. Yeah. Uh, no, it was funny, though, because I ended up going to college and university for it and, you know, the whole nine yards. And, you know, I really pursued mm-hmm. acting. And uh, it got to a point, uh, and there's an old saying in L.A. is uh, I'll stop acting when I'm tired of waiting tables. Right? Because that's oh, kind of yeah. what it is, right? Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like, you know what? When this stops being something that I look at realistically as being, okay, well, this is going to be the next step in my career. Uh, for me, anyway, it became a sense of um, reality set in on a certain level of, you know, I had a, I had a child, you know, I ended up, get, you know, having a baby, I ended yeah. up, uh, you know, life kind of took over in that respect. And I had to just make that decision. But uh, I certainly wasn't 30 years old and didn't have a kid and wasn't married and all these types of th- stuff going on. So I had a lot of stuff to kind of ground me. Uh, where I was. And that was a good excuse for me not to take a risk, right? It's right. I was probably scared. I was probably like, fuck, I can't, you know, I can't make this happen. I can't support my family. I can't put food on the table by doing something that I'm passionate about. So, but I, yeah, it was I weird. Gotta say, it, yeah. I, I also think that you did take a risk because you basically not only risked, but you, you murdered 
your your dream of this thing. Right. And you did it for your family, for a yeah. child and, a, and someone yeah. you loved. Yeah. And that's I think I think that's a risk too because yeah. you basically are you know you're walking away from all of this stuff mm-hmm. to I don't know just. It's a weird thing. I think because, that's the thing. I think yeah. I, I people make that decision. I fucking I think that's a great decision. Yeah, I I think like for like for me and, and and you're not in that position where you you can be you can follow that dream and you can say okay you know but you know at, when I was 24 years old or 22 and I, I ended up having a uh, a oh shit we got Yuck Yuck's head office calling us oh uh, we'll put, wait him on, for that. put him on speakerphone. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get these motherfuckers on the phone now. Hey, no. what happened in that competition? <laughs> what kind of show you guys running over there? At fucking ca- no, but uh, I think it's just kind of like a weird thing is that is that um, I think when I had my daughter, it was like I had to stop being selfish for my own passion and my own stuff. Mm. Could I have made it work? Absolutely. I could have made it work. In some, I could have still been busting out auditions in the evening or going you know, on my lunch break or doing whatever. But it got to a point of where I was just like, eh, it's just not going to happen because it didn't happen fast enough or it didn't happen when I thought it was going to happen or whatever the yeah. case is. But for you, and it's not anything less because you've got a relationship, you've got friends, you've got family, you've got ties here in the city. Yeah. And it's comfortable for you. And and I'm sure that it's uh, it's an environment where you're like, fuck, you know, I know I can go to three or four rooms a night and do very well here and be very happy. But yeah. at the same time. Like but I, I think it's also going to restrict it because three or four, to me, in my brain, that isn't even enough. Like I right. just want to be doing comedy all the time because I'm a fucking crazy person. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like. But and and that's the idea. You go to like bigger places, and it's like you know three or four a night, right? And just imagine the growth that you will hit. That's yeah. that's what I always look at it because I think it's just a time game. Yeah, and I remember having I, a conversation yeah. with uh, Ron uh, Ron Funches from um, Undateables, and he's on TV and all, you know big comedian and stuff like that. But yeah, we had the same conversation when he was in Portland, Oregon. That's where he's kind of got based out of for comedy. And he said, you know, on the local scene, I was like everyone kind of knew who I was, and I was doing really well. And he said, for myself, there was almost like some type of a guarantee that I would do well that night uh, if I was just doing like a local room. Yeah. And uh, I started becoming lazy about it. I started thinking like, I don't have to put that much into it because I know I'm going to fucking kill it. I know people like me and I know I'm going to do fine. Mm -hmm. So I needed that baptism in a new market, in a new area. And that's when he decided to move to L.A. He's like, I need to stop feeling comfortable because that's going to push me to be where I want to be. Yeah, right, in my career, and and uh, I think it's a, I think it's a huge thing, man, for you to just say, you know what? And I know it's not something that you just, you know, it didn't come up a week ago where you're like, fuck it, I'm going to go to England. I mean, this is something you've been talking about for a while. Yeah, and then also putting off for a while, like it's kind of a miracle that ever happened. Yeah. Um, How long have you been kind of thinking about this? Oh, uh, God, I don't even know, man. Just like it's been in the back of my brain for a long time. The the, the most definitive thing that happened is I bought a plane ticket. Mm-hmm. I got a one way plane ticket, like back in. I think January right. for now. Yeah. And it wow. wasn't even like I, I basically just put it down being like I wasn't even sure then. I was like, if it happens, awesome. If not, you know, it was a cheap plane ticket, so it was like That's I'm right. out a few hundred bucks. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. And so, so you just kinda of picked a date and said if I don't commit to this, it's never gonna happen. Yeah. And then actually it was funny that that Toronto trip sort of got me on board to the whole thing because that's when I re- sort of got the wanderlust into me again. Right. And right. I was like, ah oh, man, like Toronto was cool. I bet you London's gonna be London cool be too. Badass, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and if you look, I mean, like Allison June Smith comes back, 
and she's got a bunch of you know gigs lined up and she comes and hangs out and makes sure that her craft is seen again in Canada and everybody loves her and and I mean she's brilliant. I kind of uh, I got to say though I kind of like the idea of just leaving for 2 years flat and not yeah. coming back like just and my family, they don't think I'm going to make it, but I'm, I'm like, no. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean your family doesn't? Well, think my brother, I was home for the week, and my brother was like, I don't think you're going to make two years, and I was like, well, I'm just definitely going to make two <laughs> just years. Just for that, I'm fucking staying. Yeah. Wow. But I kind of like. Does it. that motivate you? Uh, just uh, being disagreeable. Well, no, I think <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah, no, it does. But I mean, I think when people tell you. Like, ah, I don't know if it's a good idea, man. I don't think it's, you know what, I think you're kind of living a pipe pipe dream or yeah. I don't know if it's going to, you know, pan out the way you think it's going to pan out. 100%. I, I just dig in my heels. Too, man. Yeah. 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 It yeah, does for totally. me. Totally. Yeah. There's a side of me that's like, uh, okay, thank you for your opinion, but fuck you. I'm going to, I'm going to make this even better. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like we were just talking about the, uh, the Cochrane comedy festival that, you know, this year I'm, I'm doing a shameless plug now, but, uh, Please come. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be great. Have you announced the headliner yet? I haven't yet, but I will soon. Uh, Ooh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Brandon knows. <laughs> Brandon's in on the secret, but, uh, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like last year I kind of like, it was a success on some levels, you know, and on certain levels I was like, well, I got my ass kicked, but uh, and everybody's like, ooh, you're going to do it again? You're going to do it again? And I was just like, fuck it, man. I'm going to do it twice as big, you know? And that's just kind of where my brain is at. And I think you're kind of like the same way with that stuff. It's like, if I'm going to do it, then I'm going to fucking make sure I go all the way with it. Yeah. Yeah. I see that with you, man. I see star power. Aww. I see when you come back after two years, we're going to be doing theaters. You know what? I always put it like this because I, I think – it's it's the hero's journey, right? So right. you leave and then you come back triumphant. So I always I'm I've been telling this for forever. It's like it's it's like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like I walk away yeah. and then I come back and all of a sudden I'm taller and I'm just riding a horse and everyone's <laughs> like, Holy shit, Brandon, what happened? <laughs> I think Brandon is too big for the Shire now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's much too big for the he's selling out all the Hobbit condos here. No, I can't uh, handle these harvest festivals. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have a much bigger star now. That's mm-hmm. great, though, man. I mean, that's going to be such a great opportunity for you. Um, and, and then, I mean, ultimately, is that is that where you want to be? Do you want to be working comedy seven nights a week? I mean, obviously, just doing the, you know, like, you want to be head, headlining shows. I imagine that's... I just want to make a living at doing comedy and yeah. doing other things. Like, just not stand-up. I like sketch. I like improv. I just, I just, I love this stuff so much. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make it work. Yeah. But it's hard. But you know what? Screw it. It's it's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think we'd probably be remiss if we didn't talk about. Uh, and this is off topic a little bit, but but some of the stuff that's been going on in the world. I know you're you're kind oh, of a worldly cool. guy, and and uh, you know you're talking about the shooting. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want to talk about that. Let because... you know what's. I was looking at stuff like b- just before coming in to here because I right. got. Um, yeah, that that. Uh, I don't know. Can you can you ask me a question? I don't know how to just yeah. start talking. No, about absolutely. This. I think, but it's it's funny though because I think you were the person I wanted to talk to about this stuff because, uh, you know, you've made uh, you've made no no uh, discretions about um, uh, you know who you are and and uh, your sexuality and yeah. comedy and stuff like that. And I think it's a beautiful thing because I think it's a very accepting place. And I find that I found the beauty with your comedy was that. Um, you know, I think there's, especially in conservative markets, places like Alberta, where it's a bit Texas-like. A you know what I mean? uphill struggle, like, man. <laughs> but, but what's funny is that I think there is something magical that happens when you get up on stage and you and you aren't afraid to say that to people. And I see people kind of go like, 
huh, okay, cool. And yeah. it's like you give them permission to laugh. You give them permission to be comfortable with it. And I think when you give people permission to not feel their conservative uptight bullshit that if you lessen it for them and say, Hey, listen, it's okay. Like, you know, I'm a funny person. Yeah. Uh, I'm gay. And these are some of my insights. Cause you say some funny jokes that have to do with sexuality and uh, people, people fucking love it, man. Do you know? And, and, and just a quick thing too, that, uh, that, that, uh, releasing the, the, the conservative thing and just like letting it go like that, that, that goes both ways too. Like, I know, um, you know, me and uh, me and the boyfriend, we went up to uh, Edmonton to do a show, right. and we were hanging out at a bar afterwards. And I was just like being snuggly as fuck. Like I was just tired after the show, and sure. I was just like kind of like we're at a bar, and it's right. like a bro bar, and I'm just like, you know, like nestling in. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and I fucking I never would have done that. And I think I honestly believe uh, it's it's comedy. I believe just being up there. And saying whatever the fuck that I want to say and just being aggressive about being like, you know what? This is this is it. Right. Like that's bled into my personal life. And now I just I, I don't care anymore. Like I don't try and censor myself in any way. I just, right. you know, if I feel like doing something, I do it. Yeah. And I God bless you, comedy, for giving me that gift. Yeah. Because that's 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 really that's God. A, it's so good thing, to not man. to be past that. You know. Yeah. 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 Not to get hung up on on you know innuendos or, or people feeling uncomfortable or, or whatever it is that that I think people perceive other people to be offended by or whatever the case is. Just to live and be who you are and be yeah. happy and have people accept that, man. Like I don't understand why that's such a fucking problem <laughs> with well, some people, man. Well, it's, it's crazy, crazy too. Yeah. Cause the thing I was reading about this whole shooting outside, right, right. did you hear the stuff that now they're like, you know, the people are being like, yeah, he was at gay bars all the time. Right. Or he was and on like, he was on grinder. Yeah, yeah. And, and now it's like, you know, before it seemed like such a fucking open and shut case, but right. now you're like, what? What's going on in this guy's yeah. head? Like, was yeah. he scoping things out, or was he, like, you know, uh, was it a religion thing? Because that happens too, where you you have say he is gay, and then sure. the religion repressed him down, and then that conflict that's that's fucking how serial killers are made. I think, sure. like, they start suppressing those feelings, and they get upset and they get angry about it. Yeah, and they take it out on obviously other people. But I think that that brought up a lot of interesting viewpoints for people to say, like. Was this something that it was like a regression where he was constantly suppressing who he was and then upset and then he just used ISIS as a vehicle to, to do it? Or was he casing the joint out? Like, yeah. You don't fucking know. Because from what it seems like, you know, that he's married, he's got a kid, he's got an ex-wife, he's got all this type of stuff. But for something inside of me says, and I don't know, this is just a gut instinct, that if he knew that all this stuff would be coming out about him afterwards – he would be like, well, fuck, that's not the way I wanted people to see me go out. I think they wanted, like, I think he wanted it to be a terrorist thing, but I think. Oh, so that 911 call, he was like, hey, I'm yeah. totally with ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we know that you're just a fucking weird homophobe. Or not. I don't know what's going on anymore. My world is totally, collapsing totally. on this fucking news story. Totally. But it's like, but it's like, but it, you know what I mean? It's like, well, who, like, you know, people, because I mean, I've worked in law enforcement for a long time. I've done interrogations, I've interviewed people. Yeah. And when people, overtly try to make it about something else instead of it, what it really might be. Yeah. To me, that kind of screams like you're overcompensating to let people know that this is a terrorist attack. It's not an attack on who I don't like in myself, or maybe I'm having a struggle with, or maybe I'm having but, weird emotions. But about. aren't all terrorist attacks that 
I, you know what? Maybe. Maybe. I wonder. I don't know if it's necessarily if he went in there with an ideology that he really subscribed to the beliefs of ISIS. Yeah, I don't think that either. In there honestly, and but... he was just like, you know what? I don't know where I'm at in life, and maybe I'm confused, or maybe I don't know how to handle this, or We're maybe crazy. I was shunned. I don't know. Even just maybe mental issues. Maybe he should have been on meds or something. Was exactly. there bipolar stuff? Did I hear that about that I guy? Don't I don't so know. There's so many different stuff coming out that I'm just like, I don't fucking know what to think anymore with this with this guy. But but I mean, obviously that's such a like. I remember staying up. Uh, if you go back like on my timeline on Facebook, I watched it as the news story broke when it was happening. Really? That night. I was just happened to be up. I was. It was late. My daughter hadn't come home yet, so we were, you know, kind of texting. And then she got home. And there was like a breaking news, you know, and then somebody said on Twitter that this nightclub was tweeting, like, get out and run, don't come back, like, everybody oh, get fuck. out. And I started watching CNN. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and because it was like 5 o'clock their time, right when it was starting to end, I think, the, the hostage situations. It started like at 2, and it went for like 3 hours. So I think 3 o'clock our time was about 5 o'clock their time. And I think this is when the first real media reports were starting to surface about what was transpiring inside. Yeah. And... um I remember going to bed and uh, I found an app on my phone where I can watch CNN in bed. And I'm like, and you know, I'm watching and I'm watching it and I'm just sitting there going like, I think this is going to be fucking bad. Like people were saying at that point in time, it was nine people had been shot. And then I woke up the next morning. I had like maybe four hours of sleep and I got up and I immediately thought like, fuck, this isn't good. Like I just had a bad feeling. I went downstairs, turned on the TV and they did the news press conference and they were like 49, 40. 50 people, you know, at that point, I think they said 50, but it's 49 now with good possibility that there's going to be more just with the amount of surgeries and, and grave condition. Yeah. Um, but it hurt my soul, man. Like I've got a cousin down there who was, uh, uh, I don't even know if he, you know, announces this type of stuff, but I mean, you know, obviously he's in the community and, right. and, the first thing, and he's always at Disneyland, and he's always, you know, going out and having fun. And my first thought was like, "Fuck, man! Like, I hope my cousin wasn't there. My cousin was, you know, he's okay." Uh, all this and all this stuff started coming to the surface, and I was like, "This is, you know, I felt fucking so heartbroken, man, that this stuff happens." And and being a part There's... of that community, I guess uh, you must have felt something, obviously. With that. This. One quick thing, just about uh, uh, gay people in general. This is this is something that I love about queer people. All you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a worldwide phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is great because it, all over the world, people are connected to this story. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just Absolutely. because everybody knows someone, because it's right. not just like you know. I don't even have a good metaphor, but but I, I I like that they're queer people. Just we just fucking like spring up like oh I almost said weeds, but we're flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's make sure that's clear. They're not weeds; they're beautiful dandelions and flowers. That's right. But that's the thing. I think I and I've just I, I think uh, it, it's this is a little uh, self-centered, but I think it's, it's, it's a good uh, connective tissue for the entire globe. Just the fact that there are gay people everywhere. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing too, uh, just, just with that shooting, I personally, like I started finding about it out about it uh, Sunday Mm -hmm. and well, you know, and um, I was back home for the weekend and I just like, couldn't focus on hanging out with my family. I was just like, obsessed with this story and you, right. you know and it's not just like you see like like my facebook is so gay like you just see so many people putting positive things out there like it's just this outpour 
the, this outpouring of support. And then uh, what really bothered me was just like, you know, that list of like 20 negative responses on social media. And it's just some douchebag with a Twitter account being like, well, they were gay, so fuck them. And right, that just, right. that got me, oh my God, it yeah. got me angry. Yeah. That um, night even, I was getting into it with people over Twitter. When yeah. Somebody, somebody had posted a cop said it's all clear everybody go back all the gay people go back to the night to club like it's all safe to go back in go back in yeah like this is what like these ignorant fuckers were saying you know to that's their sick way of saying go back in and get killed or whatever so they were posting all this stuff oh and if God. you look back at my twitter account like i was just going off on people left and right and i was just like um and i talked about this a little bit uh, last night about the intro to the podcast that came out uh, this afternoon but uh um I'm a bit embarrassed about the country that I'm from and, and to see where things have gotten to the, the amount of uh, divide, the amount of hatred, the amount of uh, racism, the amount of bigotry. Uh, it's frightening. It is, you know, and, and to see, um, to see people's true, and, and, and you know what? And it's, it's always, I use this kind of a analogy. It's like people always say, Oh, why do football coaches or why do hockey coaches get paid so much money? And it's not because they're great at the sport. It's because they have the ability to sit on the sidelines and and observe something that the players can't see because they're in the game. Right. They have a great ability to sit back and say, okay, well, you see what's going on here is we need to do this or we need to do that. And sometimes it's what it takes. It takes someone to have to leave the game. And for me, that was coming to Canada. And for me to look on the sidelines back at the United States and say, we've got a real fucking problem down there, man. Like, we've got some real issues. And I think I think the biggest thing with the States is just um, that – that that overly patriotic attitude, I right. think, has been to the detriment of that country. Yeah, because if if you're using your hockey team metaphor, they're just like skating around, being like, "We're the best hockey team ever," and it doesn't right. matter, like you know, how many goals have been scored on them or how you know worn out their gear is sure. getting, or like all of these things. It's just there's there's that people that get dug into their way of thinking, and right. and because. They're so proud of it and assume that it's the best. There's there's no uh, discussion for any kind of change mm-hmm. for the better. Right, right. Yeah. Very true. Very I think so. true. That's a good good way of putting it, man. Absolutely. So when do you leave? When, when's the when's the date here? When uh, do you take June it on? 22nd. I thought it was a Tuesday, but I think it's actually a Wednesday. <laughs> Which was great because I got an extra day. You got an extra day now. Do <laughs> you have anything planned? I know you've got a big roast coming up, man. We got the. It's called Gay Bash, the um, roast of Brandon Craig. Which you know, in light of recent events, I'm not super happy about the name, but right, right. I also thought it was funny at the time. So yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. When um, is that? When is it? Let's get let's get some info oh, hey, on that, man. It's. I think by the time you already got a podcast out this week, right? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be. It'll happen last week, but it's uh, at Ferns, an awesome bar in Calgary. Please come check out live comedy there every Tuesday at eight. Uh, My older brother wants to come with me. He called me last night and he said, "Hey, man, he goes, who's that comic that was just killing it at the competition?" And he came the last night of the competition for the finals. Nice. And I said, "Oh, that's Brandon Craig." And he goes, "Oh man," he goes, "Aren't you going to some roast or something for him?" And I said, "Yeah, I really want to go check it." He said, "Well, I, I want to go. I want to come check it out, man." Awesome. So, yeah, I think there's some some hype around it. Some people are definitely interested in uh, in, in sending you off with uh, with a good happy vibe and. Uh, Man, uh, just to see you see you evolve and see you work and our, our friendship blossom over the last you know year and a half, man, it's great, Brandon. I'm, I'm not only proud of you, but I'm looking forward to working with you. 
uh, when you come back from from England, man. I hope that we can we can put something uh, together to really showcase your your talent to the rest of Canada because I don't think they've had the pleasure of, of sharing that yet. Oh God, thank you, Jake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to cover before we before we end this thing, man? Um, I don't know. Uh, just shout uh, outs. I mean, you can you shout- can give whoever props you want to, and this will, is your this is your chance, man. I will give it out to uh, uh, my boyfriend Russ. I love you very much. Thank you for being with me. Um, my friends and family, uh, just everybody in the Calgary comedy scene. It's just like this whole fucking like this just starting here has been such a gift. And I, yeah. and I love all you guys and, and thank you for everything you've ever done for me and all that great stuff. And, um, God, is it rude to t- plug Twitter? Can I not at all? Okay. Are you kidding me? No, this is what, this is what, what we're here for, man. My Twitter sucks. Nobody follows me, but if you feel like giving me a Twitter follow, I'm at Brandon the Craig and I'm it's on there. Great, every once it's a in great a while. Twitter account, man. Yeah. yeah we got to get you some more followers on there. Cause you got some funny stuff, man. Oh, thanks man. Good, good insight. Well, my friend, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor sitting down with you. I know we've done this once before, but it was for another show. And uh, so just to sit down with you one-on-one and get to get, to get into the mind of Brandon Craig is, uh, is something I was looking forward to doing, man. So uh, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Folks, and there you have it, the Brandon Craig interview. Great guy, hilarious, super talented, very insightful. I'm going to miss you, Brandon. Take care of yourself and be sure to keep in touch with us all back here in Calgary. Don't forget us, pal. Hey, on behalf of myself, your host, Jake Hirsch, and the entire Yuck Yucks crew, Mr. Mark Breslin, and, of course, our executive producer, Kira Williams. Hope you're enjoying your vacation, my dear. And, of course, our webmaster, Camille Sorovi. Love you, girl. And, of course, my boy, my man. Mr. Lane Argue, who cuts all those beautiful acoustic tracks for us. Check him out, Lane Argue, folks. Very talented musician and teacher. And like I say every week, we got some great stuff lined up for you, so stay tuned, and we will see you next week. <laughs>